Hi, and welcome to another episode of NAC Health Center News. I'm Marisol Murphy Valentine, and today I'm joined by my colleague Erica Addison. Hi, Erica. Hi. <laughs> we're going to do things a little differently today and have Erica interview me. Yes, we're going to talk about a project Marisol has been working on around emergency management and emergency planning. So, what can you tell us about this project? So, I have been interviewing primary care associations and health centers who were impacted by the last year's string of natural disasters, you know, hurricanes and wildfires, and those who also assisted in the relief efforts in order to pull some of our best practices in emergency management um, with a focus on um, supporting staff. What do you mean uh, by a focus on staff? Traditionally, when we think about disaster response and disaster relief uh, in healthcare, we think about how to plan for service continuity for patients. However, often health center staff are also impacted by these disasters. Um, which means they have a double load because they have to come in and take care of patients while also suffering losses of their own. Um, And so we kind of wanted to touch on how health centers could support their staff in these situations. So who did you talk to? Um, Health centers in Puerto Rico, in Texas, California, Massachusetts and Connecticut, um, the Florida PCA and the Texas PCA, as well as partner organizations, Direct Relief and the RCHN Foundation. And what was unique about these organizations in particular? So some were directly impacted, like MedCentro and Salud Intregar de la Montaña in Puerto Rico and Santa Rosa in California. Um, so we wanted to hear from them on what they learned and any challenges they experienced and what went well. In Florida and Texas, we really thought that these PCAs were both there for their health centers and really helped them by providing resources and connecting aid to impacted health centers. Um, and then in Connecticut and Massachusetts, we spoke to um, Fairhaven and Holyoke health centers. Both serve a large Puerto Rican population and have a significant number of Puerto Ricans on staff. So they were moved to act to help because they realized the impact the situation had on their staff and their community. And then in the San Benito Health Foundation in California also felt to act. They flew down to Puerto Rico and they focused on areas in Puerto Rico where they weren't seeing as much support right away. You also talked to Direct Relief and RCHN. What was their role in the response? Uh, Donations, donations. (laughs) So Direct Relief is a really great partner. They actually, which I didn't know before, have been partnering with health centers since just after Hurricane Katrina. Um, And they are usually helping even before the disaster comes. So like if if we see, we obviously, we know when a hurricane is coming. And so they will get um, packs of medicines and medications together um, that are portable and send them to health centers. Um, So that once the hurricane passes, they have these items there to help patients. And then they continue providing more medical supplies and aid and relief efforts. RCHN had a really interesting role in connecting the Hispanic Federation, which is a nonprofit here in the United States uh, out of New York City, with the Primary Care Association in Puerto Rico, and they donated a lot of money towards health centers on the island. Uh, were there any common themes? Communication. Communication is was such a big issue, uh, even though health centers had emergency plans in place. No one could have anticipated that absolutely all communications would be down in Puerto Rico. 
And so this made it hard to get a hold of staff, made it hard for health centers in Puerto Rico to connect with the outside world. And so that was really a big issue that we heard a lot about. Um, the other the other big topic was transportation. Obviously, in Puerto Rico, a lot of roads were destroyed. There was a lot of flooding as well as in uh, Hurricane Harvey in Houston, a lot of flooding. So. Um, getting ha- staff getting to work or um, even getting to patients uh, at times was really, really difficult. Um, and then emotional support. A lot of health centers, again, had planned for a lot of things, but it felt like the emotional support could have been a little bit better. So, you know, they were all really prepared, but it was those were the common themes and the things that I think a lot of them felt like they needed to work on a little bit more. Was there anything that was surprising to you? Just the different things that worked were really surprising that I... I think I wouldn't have thought about in disaster relief. SIM, Salud Integral de la Montaña, is actually certifying some staff members and using ham radio. Ham radio is like the old-fashioned way of doing radio. If you're, I don't have the specifics, mm-hmm. but it works even when satellites are down and because it works on frequencies instead of satellite or um, networks. Okay. So they're certifying folks in that in order to keep up communication, not only with their Department of Health in Puerto Rico, but also with the eight different sites that they have, which is, I think, is a really neat and great idea. There's a lot of solar panels going in at health centers at this point, because there is recognition from folks that in these disasters, getting gasoline or diesel for generators is difficult at times. Um, it runs out, so they need some other way to generate power. The use of runners, so SIM also, because they have eight sites and they needed information from all of those sites to see, one, if they could they could run, if, and two, if they were getting patients, and three, if they needed certain supplies and medications, they instituted a program with runners, and so they would have... Um, these folks come come to the main health center from all the other health centers at 10 a.m. every day to deliver information about what those other health center sites needed, and then those runners would take back information to those eight health center sites and also supplies that was needed, so that was really great. And then we had uh, multiple health centers talking about being a place in the community that Uh, provided sort of shelter from the chaos, trying to keep things as normal as possible for their staff because the staff was dealing with so much outside of the health center. MedCentro in Puerto Rico and Santa Rosa in California both really, really touched on that and how important it was um, to provide that sort of relief for their staff. I will also say one of the things that did sort of surprise me, I guess because I, I hadn't thought about it but doesn't make sense, is uh, when I was talking to Santa Rosa, their CEO mentioned that, you know, some people after the fires and everything that happened, Santa Rosa lost their largest health center in the California wildfires. But after the California wildfires, some of their staff was uh, seriously considering what they wanted to do. You know, do they want to rebuild if they lost their home? If they, if this is what they want to do for the rest of their life? You know, it's sort of like this moment where you're like, I guess you just have like this epiphany of like, is this what I want to do because so much has happened. So I thought that was really interesting and why and she and this is why they they you know they realized that their help their sent their staff needed a lot more emotional support now that you've talked to a number of people and gotten all of this good information what are you planning to do with it we have a series of narratives that we're going to begin posting um, on the NAC blog 
that tells the health center story from that from that disaster relief angle mm-hmm. that we've also used as a way to pool best practices and and have them available for everyone you know from these we pull these best practices from the different interviews that we've done the other thing that we have done is created a podcast about the PCA Emergency Management Advisory Coalition, otherwise known as EMAC, and what they do because um, it's really important their role in this. They're made up of all of the primary care associations, and their role really is to sort of connect people and facilitate logistics. And you know, they they really are there to help health centers, so they're they're really good resources resource during a disaster situation. Great. So I guess everybody should stay tuned to the NAC blog and our website just to see what what's coming out of this. Yes, definitely. Um, we hope it's helpful and we look forward to hearing from folks um, about whether or not they enjoy this information. If you want more information on health centers and NAC, be sure to visit us at www nachc.org. Also, always stay tuned to us on our Twitter feed at NACHC. Thanks for listening.